Welcome to Pardes Daily, where you get your daily dose of Torah with Pardes faculty. This time, Pardes is bringing Pesach to you. Let's dive in. Hi, this is Rachel Berkovitz coming to you from Jerusalem. This is Unit 13, where we're learning through the Mishnayot of the second chapter of Masachet Sachim. Last time we saw a discussion of which of which were the types of vegetables you could fulfill your obligation in the Korban Pesach of Maror. And we saw the Mishnah before that, which were the five types of grains you could fulfill the mitzvah of matzah linked to the Korban Pesach. And now Mishnah Zayin is going to go back to some of the themes that we saw at the beginning of the chapter. And we saw in Mishnah 1 of the chapter that um, people feed their animals and they sometimes feed their animals things that are chametz. And we were allowed to do that when chametz was able to be eaten. But from the moment when chametz became a sore for human beings to eat it, then it also became a sore for human beings to get any benefit and they couldn't serve it to their animals, which benefits them. And we also saw that there was the kelev, the, the dog who would burrow down under the bricks and under the dirt to get to a piece of chametz to eat. And we know that animals are willing to eat chametz and that is what they might eat. And here in Mishnah Zion, we see also another example of animals eating something that could become chametz. And it says the following, Ein shorim morsan letarnagolim aval holtin. We do not soak the bran what is bran? I have to look it up. It's the husk that comes off the wheat kernel when it's pounded. So in the process of taking the wheat and making it into flour that human beings use to make bread or to make matzah, um, you get sort of a waste product that's the husk that we call bran. But human beings are very, um, are very creative. They use all parts and they repurpose this waste product, this bran, and they feed it to their chickens. But to digest something, this sort of hard bran is not very pleasant. Normally, when it's not Pesach, they would soak it in water. So it would soften it and make it easier for and more enjoyable for the chickens to eat. But on Pesach, I can't do that. I want to remind you, right? We stay away from like anything on Pesach. We don't even have flour in our house, etc. They were probably making matzah from scratch every day and cooking it, right? And they were still grinding wheat and making flour and making matzah. They just had to be careful that the process they were doing never became chametz, right? And there's going to be talk about this. We're not going to look at it in some of the other Mishnayot. But here we're talking about, I, I, I've, I've made my flour to use as flour, but now I have these bran pieces, these husks. And I want to turn that into mush, uh, into, into meal for my chickens. Normally I'd soak them, but I'm not going to soak them now. I think because the potential is for it to become chametz. The last line of the Mishnah says, because they become chametz, they ferment, they, they have the, the, the verb of becoming chametz, right? And I think that that last line, although it's on the third example in our Mishnah, our Mishnah has three examples, I think it's reflective of the whole Mishnah. So I don't soak the bran for the chickens because it has a potential to become chametz. But I need to feed my chickens and it needs to be softened so they can eat it. I'm allowed to be cholet. Now cholet is is the process of pouring boiling water on something quickly. Like I think we either might call it blanching or poaching. And because it is, is, is very hot water and it sort of happens immediately, the understanding is that it, it cooks so fast, it stops the fermenting process. 
And so I have to do this a little bit extra work to, to make this available for my chickens. But once I do that, then I can feed them the bran on, on Pesach. And I don't have to worry that it's going to become chametz because it's been cooked so quickly, just the way matzot are cooked quickly, um, that it didn't have time to disferment on its own. That's case number one. Case number two is ha'isha lo tishra et hamorsan shetolich beyada lemerchat aval shafa he bebasara yavesh. A woman shouldn't once again soak the bran, right? Soaking the bran would seem to be they use this a lot. It makes it into a mush. Why would the woman soak the bran? She's going to use it as a beauty product. She normally would soak the bran and then she would bring it in her hands to the bathhouse. And she would put it on her skin as a type of mask or as a type of exfoliate, it seems, to make her skin softer, right? And this was a beautying ritual that women in this time period did. And I tried Googling this as well. And I got all sorts of modern skin products and skin care that's saying, be like the ancient Greeks and you can too can have beautiful skin because this, it's still used today, these type of masks used out of natural material that do nice things to the skin and soften them. So if we're talking about ways that human beings enjoy the world, right? First of all, human beings go to bathhouses and they use water in a very like pleasant and positive way. And they also like want to make their skin feel soft and they use parts of plants and grains to do so. But she can't make this bran mask for her body on Pesach because that involves soaking the bran in the water. And I'm worried that it's going to become chametz, so she shouldn't do that. But she still wants to exfoliate. She still wants to look nice and have nice skin. So what they suggest is that she should use dry bran and shifshafe it, scrub it on her flesh to get off, I presume, the dead flakes. And I don't need to worry that possibly she has water on her skin either because she got out of the bathhouse or from perspiration because that type of moisture isn't enough uh, to make something chametz and, and she's just doing this action, right? Both of the cases, the first two cases, it's not that I stay away from water entirely. We know that water can cause the grain to ferment, but I do, some, I do an action in a controlled way to use the water in a way that is still to my benefit, and, and but yet prevent the chametz. And that's what's interesting about both of these cases. It doesn't say don't do it. It says do it in this manner, that this is a way to work, that you can still get the desired outcome that you want. That's case number two, right? The woman who goes to the bathhouse and wanted to use a bran mask. Case number three is also an interesting case. It says, Lo yalos Right, a person shouldn't chew wheat. Why is he chewing wheat? Right, in its wheat form now, I think. Right, not in a flour form, in its full form. You shouldn't chew it to put on a muck, to put on his wound. Someone has a wound and they want to help heal it. There was a remedy that you chewed wheat and put it on. And here it's clear that I'm like putting the wheat in my mouth and it's getting the whole purpose is to get the, 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 the wet on the wheat. And here there isn't a fix. There isn't an alternate way to do it because we're worried that that process will, will create, will turn it into chametz, will turn it into chametz. What is interesting is I also Googled this um, and apparently there are, this is a very ancient remedy to use like a slav or a bomb that is made out of bread 
or out of glutinous materials of whole wheat. And I actually saw some medical articles that seem to say that the bread product, that the wheat products have healing proteins in them. And that if done properly, right, you could also have chemicals in your mouth that wouldn't make it work so well. But if done properly, it is a good slav or bomb and it will help an open wound heal, which was very interesting to me to find that out. However, unfortunately, it's not going to work so well for you on Pesach because you can't use this as a solution because we fear that it might become chametz. All right. And that's Mishnah 7. Three things that human beings do, and they were interesting to me in the context to think about it in the context of hana'a, of, of enjoyment in this world, right? Because here are some other examples of the way human beings enjoy the world, right? We already discussed they have possessions and they, and they, and they need to provide for those possessions, but that they go to bathhouses, that they try to beauty, beautify themselves. I was thinking a little bit about the Nazir not cutting his hair is that is that also like in his hair that he doesn't cut is like is sanctified in some way? Is that human bodily beauty has a sanctification of itself in some way? And when I have wounds, when things hurt me, I I, I want to ease the pain. I want I want enjoyment in this world. I don't want to feel pain, right? It's interesting, right? I want I need to eat the bitterness uh, of the murder, but overall I don't want to feel pain. I wasn't sure. In Mishnah Vav, if we go according to the 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 Girsa, if we go according to the version in the Babylonian, it has the idea of Yeveshin, of dry things, right? Of the dry maror. We said in Eretz Yisrael they didn't have it. Here in Mishnah Zion, we have her besara is Yavesh, right? Doing it on dry skin. Maybe the idea is that there's not any water at all, right? The commentaries say, even if there's perspiration, even if it's damp. But the Mishnah presents it as if, as if her skin is dry, i.e. there's not going to be any water contact. I didn't, it, I didn't know if there was a connection between the two Mishnah using the word dry, although maybe the first Mishnah didn't use the word dry. But here we had an example of how human beings want to get benefit from the world, want to get enjoyment, want to use the products of the world, and have to create sort of a balance between making sure it's not comments, but still enabling them to do what they need to do in, in certain situations they are able to do it. And this theme is going to continue in, um, we're going to see it discussed simil a similar idea in the next Mishnah. Thank you to our Pardes faculty, and a big thanks to you, our learners. Make sure to check back in every day to stay on track with your learning, and visit www.pardes.org.il for more information about other ways to learn with Pardes.